The March to Zion broadcast is a weekly radio production of Bethlehem Primitive Baptist Church. The broadcast is under the direction of Elder Tim McCool, Pastor. For more information, contact 205-364-1396 or write the March to Zion broadcast, P.O. Box 270, Carrollton, Alabama, 35447. Stay tuned for a message of God's sovereign grace. This is Tim McCool, pastor of Bethlehem Primitive Baptist Church and director of the March to Zion broadcast. Please stay tuned for a message of salvation by grace.
Good morning. This is Elder Tim McCool, pastor of Bethlehem Primitive Baptist Church and director of the March Design Broadcast. We want to welcome you to the program this morning. If you're a returning listener, we thank you for your ongoing prayers and support. If you're a first-time listener, we hope that you'll feel burdened to join us each week at this same time. We're very blessed this morning to have my dear friend, Elder Neil Honey, who is also a member of Bethlehem Primitive Baptist Church. He will be bringing the message to us here in just a few minutes. Before we do that, though, we want to invite you to come and worship with us at Bethlehem. We're located just off of Highway 82 on the Boyd Road near Ecola. Our services are each Sunday morning at 10.30 and on the second and fourth Wednesday nights at 6 o'clock. We enjoy a simple form of worship, one that I think is refreshing this day and time when things are so complicated. Also, I would love to hear from you if you have any comments or questions or inquiries or would like to receive any copies of the sermons that you hear on the radio broadcast. We'd be happy to provide those to you free of charge. You can reach me at the address that's given, and also you can reach me at my email address. That's Tim at T-I-M-M-C-C-O-O-L-L-A-W dot com. That's Tim at T-I-M-M-C-C-O-O-L-L-A-W dot com. Again, we hope that you'll enjoy our time that we spend together this morning, and we look forward to hearing a message in just a moment after this song from Elder Neil Honey.
Well, Brother Tim, it's so good to be with you again today, and I thank you for the invitation. I hope everyone is doing well this morning. Uh, We certainly appreciate everyone that listens to the broadcast, and if you're able to make it to church today, pray the Lord will give you a a good journey and a blessed service, and if you're at home and can't go, um, hope hope and pray the Lord will be with you there and trust that He will be. I had some thoughts on my mind today um, in regards to following the Lord, and I'll take the first text from Ephesians, the fifth chapter. And we read this in the first verse. Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children. And so here Paul is exhorting the church at Ephesus that they should be followers of God. And then he is also telling them how they should follow God, is that they should follow God as children. And this is obviously an exhortation for the church at Ephesus, but certainly also applies to us today. When we come to a knowledge and an understanding of who the Lord is by His grace, And we have been taught by His Spirit uh, to know Him, and then we have also heard the gospel call and have understood who He is, then it is incumbent upon us to, in gratitude and also as a sense of of receiving blessings in our lives, uh, that we endeavor to follow Him. And we're exhorted many places in the Scripture to do this. And I know some might have a question in their minds, well, is this really a big deal in in terms of understanding who I should follow, you know, I feel like I'm an independent person and I know my own mind on things and I don't really feel like I have a need to follow anybody. And what I would say to that is we human beings are very fickle. Uh, if you just think about how things go in the natural world, in terms of even what you hear on the news or what people talk about, uh, you know, there's a hot topic one day and that's all you hear about for a day or two, uh, maybe on the news, some exciting story. Uh, And then you never hear about it again. Um, People have, you know, fads that come and go. Um, You know, particular clothing may be in fashion one day. Particular automobile 10 years later is completely different. We're very fickle as human beings. And the Lord knows this. And the Lord knew that we would be that way in our sinful state. And so the Lord says, follow. Because here's the reality. And I would exhort all Christian people who have an interest in the Lord today to, to please pay attention and understand this. We're all going to follow something. We're either going to follow after our Savior, or we're going to follow after the things of the world. And Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 11th chapter, he says, "Be ye followers of, be ye followers of me, even as I am a follower of Christ." In other words, we can even follow another Christian to the extent that they follow Christ. But no man is perfect. No woman is perfect. No matter how hard they try and. And how much they want to be, we all fail and we all fall into sin. And so um, the only one infallible individual we can follow is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. If you try to follow people, uh, at some point, every person will let you down. Um, But our Savior is perfect. He's infallible. And that's why we're instructed to follow him. And the way that we're to follow him is, as Paul says here, as dear children, How do children follow, or how should they follow, I I might rather say, Um, and that is that a child uh, in their innocence uh, should follow their parent with a trusting nature and an obedient nature. I have several children myself, and it is a great joy and blessing to me when I feel a need for us to travel somewhere, some activity, or to go to church, or maybe to visit a church away from home. And I say, okay, to the family, um, it is time for us to get ready and to go. A blessing to me in that is is when they all say, yes, sir, and they go get ready, and they get in the van and we go. And they trust me to get us there on time, 
They trust me to know how to get there. They trust me to feed them on the way. And they trust me to get them there in safety and to take care of them. That's my role as their father. Now, of course, I'm a fallible human being, so I never fulfill a role in the way that the Lord would. But it demonstrates something for us. Just as a child would follow their parent in obedience with respect and with trust and with gratitude, that's how we as Christians should follow our Savior Jesus Christ, regardless of our age. I'm middle age. Many of you are older than me, no doubt. Uh, some that are listening are younger than me. The age is not the point. The point is to follow the Savior in obedience. So we read that here in Ephesians, the fifth chapter. And we see the Lord make following him a central part of his ministry very early on in the scriptures. And I'll draw your attention to Matthew, uh, the fourth chapter today. Even as Jesus begins to call his disciples, the command that he gives them is to follow me. Again, we're all going to follow something. And if we're following the Lord, there will be points at time in which we will have to quit following uh other people are following things of the Lord because those things will conflict with the direction the Lord is going. You can't follow two people in two different directions at the same time. If one person is um, going to a church meeting in Birmingham, Alabama, to the east of where I live, and one person is going to a church meeting in Columbus, Mississippi, to the west of where I live, I can choose to follow one or the other, but I can't follow them both. Now, that just stands to reason. And so what the Lord says is follow me. He knows you're going to follow something. And you can't follow him and you can't follow the world. You just can't do both. You can't serve God and mammon. You have to make a decision as a born-again child of God as to who you will follow. And the Lord, in the fourth chapter of Matthew, the 18th verse, was walking by the Sea of Galilee. He saw two brethren, Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. So here's two men going about their walks of life, making a living for their families, not doing anything wrong. We know they're sinful people because we all are, but they're not engaged in any particularly bad activity, just out making a living. And he saith unto them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And they straightway left their nets and followed him. And sometimes, as children of God, when we see Jesus as our Savior, we may have to leave behind some sinful activities. We may have to leave behind some, some distracting activities. Or sometimes we just may have to leave behind things the Lord tells us to do. These men weren't doing anything particularly wrong. They're just going about their normal lives. But the Lord has something different for them. And so following him doesn't look exactly the same for everybody. The goal is the same. The directions are the same. The pathway is the same. But different people leave different things to follow the Lord. The point is, though, you're going to have to leave something if you follow the Lord. I guarantee you at some point in your life, if you seek to follow him, you will come in conflict with the things of the world. It may be at your job. It may be with friends who want you to go and do sinful things. It could even be with family who's seeking to drag you down, pull you away from church. Um, maybe your family just wants to go to the beach every weekend and doesn't want to go to church. Well, you're going to have to pull away from that if you follow the Savior. In the ninth chapter, and we read about the Lord calling another man. And this is in the eighth verse of Matthew 9. When the multitude saw, they marveled and glorified God, which had given such power unto men. And as Jesus passed forth from thence, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the receipt of custom. And he saith unto him, Follow me. And he arose and followed him. So we see here uh, Simon Peter and Andrew leaving their nets, and they straightway immediately get up and follow Jesus. Uh, they're fishermen. They're simple men. You know, their worldly goods probably were not terribly valuable. 
and yet they left that livelihood to follow the Savior. Here we see a man who's got a great job. He's a tax collector for the Roman government. Uh, no offense to anyone out there, but um, you know, I think uh, government jobs are still thought to be kind of safe jobs, <laughs> you know, with certain benefits and things like this, regardless of whatever the trials might be involved. You know, even today we look at a job like that as being a pretty good job. Here's a guy who's got employment. He's getting a paycheck. He can support his family if he has a family. He's got a position in society. He's probably educated. He's got a good income. In a material sense, he's probably leaving behind more than Andrew and Peter left in a material financial sense. As I said, when you choose to follow the Savior and feel that burden, you may leave behind a great deal. You may leave behind a little, but you're going to have to leave behind something. And the Lord is very clear about that. Uh, We go over to the 10th chapter. He says this, In the 10th chapter of Matthew, the 37th verse, He that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he that taketh not his cross and followeth after me is not worthy of me. He that findeth his life shall lose it, and he that loseth his life for my sake shall find it. There again, in in discussion of following him, he makes it very clear that there will be times I have to leave things behind. And I... Family relationships are wonderful. I don't mean to disparage that in any way. I don't believe the Lord does either. What the Lord's saying here is you're following me, not other people. It could even be possible, as I said, that a family member, a friend, an acquaintance, a co-worker would be someone who would get in the way of you following the Lord. In other words, they would, they would attempt to lead you in a different direction. The Lord says, follow me. We follow him. And hopefully in a minute we'll get to what that looks like because we'll look at it in a practical sense. Staying in Matthew, we move on over to the 16th chapter. We get some practical instruction about what that might look like. Now, in the 16th chapter of Matthew, Peter, who in the 4th chapter left his boat and nets and followed Jesus, is asked by Jesus a question. And Jesus asked Peter, whom do men say that I am? And in the um, 16th verse of Matthew, the 16th chapter, Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And the Lord goes on to say, Blessed art thou, Simon Jonah, for flesh and blood have not revealed the Son of thee, my Father which is in heaven. In other words, this is one of the, the first instances in the Bible we have someone actually professing Christ. Now Peter followed Christ prior to this time. Peter was born again prior to this time. He loved the Lord. He gave up everything for the Lord. But here we find him making a profession of faith in terms of who Christ is. And I hope that every child of God, I hope that here's the gospel, would make that same profession of faith. We know who you are, Jesus. You're the Son of the living God. And I believe the Lord would say to you, if you make that profession today, blessed are you. My Father revealed that unto you when He sent His Spirit into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Why does He send His Spirit? According to Galatians, the fourth chapter, because ye are sons, He has sent forth the Spirit of His Son into your heart, crying, Abba, Father. It is revealed unto you by the Father. Well, Peter goes on shortly after this, so in the same chapter, having professed Christ now, Christ begins to teach him what his mission is, that he's come to go to the cross and die. And Peter says, oh, Lord, you're not going to do that. Kind of gets on the Lord a little bit. Uh, The Lord upbraids him. In verse 23, he turned to Peter and said, Get thee behind me, Satan. Thou art an offense unto me. Thou savest not the things that be of God, but those that be of men. And he says in the 24th verse unto his disciples. Now remember, these are people who've already left their livelihoods and are following Jesus. And yet he tells them this again. If any man will come after me, let him deny himself 
and take up his cross and follow me. So what does following the Lord look like? Well, at least part of it is taking up your cross and following him even after you professed Christ, even after you joined the church, even after you've been baptized, there's a daily commandment to take up your cross and follow the Lord. In Luke, the ninth chapter, the 23rd verse, the Lord says, take up your cross daily and follow me. There is something implied in taking up the cross that implies some pain. You're a professing Christian, a professing believer. If you're following after things of the world, following after family, friends that would pull you away from the Lord, and you're not following Him, there may be some pain involved in cutting some of those ties to follow the Lord. Maybe it's that you work so much you can never get to church. I've been in that position in my life before. you got to cut that loose at some point if you're going to follow the Lord because the Bible clearly tells us that we're not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. We gather together on the Lord's day. as the day He arose, the first day of the week. We bring in our offerings on the Lord's day, and we worship Him on His day. And we give that day to him and not to be legalistic about it. But if I never fulfill that, I don't think I'm following the Lord very closely because he came here, ministered, bled and died to give me salvation and give me his church. I need to be following him in that. And that is part of following him is giving up some of those things. And the Lord says, if you're not worthy of me, if you're not willing to do that in the 10th chapter of Matthew, he says, if you seek to have your life, you'll lose it. You're not going to have joy in this life. If you're willing to lose your life for my sake, in other words, willing to give up those things that matter to you that conflict with following him. If you're willing to do that, you'll find your life. Doesn't mean you can't have fun. Doesn't mean you can't enjoy a vacation. Doesn't mean you can't enjoy the things in life. But if they conflict with following the Lord, you can't follow both. Again, that's the concept. You can't go east and west at the same time. You follow the Savior, you're going to have to leave some things behind. And the Lord gives us a hint there, I think, about that. So if I am following him, we've hinted a little bit about what that would look like. Part of that would include, of course, uh, taking up your cross and following him as a professing believer, joining a church, following the Lord in believer's baptism. We follow him in that way. The Lord set, gave us an example when John the Baptist uh, laid him under the waters and, uh, and brought him up in the waters of baptism. Uh, we're given an example when the Lord commanded the disciples to go into all the world and preach the gospel and, uh, and, and teaching and then baptizing. And so that is part of what we do. We go to children of God, teach them the gospel, uh, and baptize them. And we should submit to that. That is part of following the Lord. And then coming into the Lord's church, uh, following Him in a close way, uh, reading our Bibles, understanding who He is and what He is about as much as we can in this, in this flesh, and seeking to be closer to Him, it will mean cutting some things loose in your life. It will always mean that. And that's taking up your cross. To me, some, sometimes the hardest thing about taking up your cross, uh, bending over to take up that cross is painful. But what's really painful is dumping all the stuff off your back that you have to get rid of in order to be able to lean down and take up that cross. You know, sometimes it's painful to let go of things. We all experience that. And this is something that the Lord said we don't just do it once. We do it daily. You know, in the 10th chapter of the book of Mark, we read about a young man who was not willing to do this. And he's known as the rich young ruler. We won't read all this passage of Scripture. You've probably heard of him before. But in, Matthew, in Mark, the 10th chapter, 17th verse, there was one who came running to Jesus and kneeled to him and said, Good Master, what shall I do that I may hear an eternal life? And Jesus said, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, that is God. Uh, he reminds him of some of the commandments. Um, and Jesus, beholding him in verse 21, loved him. And he said unto them, One thing thou lackest, go thy way. 
sell whatsoever they have, and give to the poor. And thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come, take up the cross, and follow me. And I would love to be able to tell you that this young man said, Yes, Lord, I will follow you. But unfortunately, he did not. Now, I believe this young man is a child of God. He comes running to the Lord, kneels to him, calls him good master. We read here that the Lord loved him. In that form of usage of love, there's agape love, the same kind of love we read about in Ephesians, the first chapter, uh, when we read that we were chosen him before the foundation of the world to be holy and without blame before him in love. The same kind of love we read about in John, the 15th chapter, when he says, No greater love, greater love hath no man than this, than a man will lay down his life for his friends. Um, that's the same kind of love, agape love. This is one that God loves. He's going to be with him in heaven. But he would not follow the Lord here in time. And he was sad at that saying, verse 22, and went away grieved, for he had great possessions. See, if we're not willing to lay down things to follow the Lord, as children of God, it's not saying you're not going to make it into heaven. It's not saying that the Lord doesn't love you. That's not saying the Lord didn't die for you. But what that's saying is you're going to go away in this life very grieved and sad. And the texts in other places say that he was very sorrowful. I don't want to live that way. I don't know about you. Um, I'm not saying I always follow him like I should. None of us do, but we're striving to. And when the Lord clearly says, leave these things alone, follow me, that's what we ought to do. Well, again, you know, the question is, uh, what's a, a, a practical way to look at that? If, if I'm going to follow after the Lord, the Lord's not here in front of me physically. What do I do to follow him? Well, the first thing, again, if you're a born-again child of God, you believe Jesus died for your sins, is find a good old-fashioned Bible-teaching church and join up with that church. Um, be baptized if you haven't been and, and follow the Lord. But practically speaking, here's a couple things we read about in First Timothy the sixth chapter um, that Paul writes to, to Timothy here. And, th- and these are some things you can follow in terms of following the Lord. So how do I follow the Lord right now? He's not here physically, but he's left me his word. And here are the things I'm to follow after if I want to follow after him. And he says this, First Timothy 6 and 11th verse, But thou, O man of God, flee these things. He's been talking about um, money and covetousness. And he's saying, flee all that. Don't follow after that. He says, flee these things and follow after righteousness Godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness. These are components of the fruit of the Spirit. What am I to follow after? I'm not to follow after the things of the world. Yes, I have to make a living. Yes, I have to um, you know, take care of just the basic needs of life and things of life. But those are not to be the things I follow after. I can follow some of those things to the point at which they conflict with my service of the Savior. But when I run across something that is not righteous that is not godly, that is not of faith, that is not of love, that is not of patience, that is not of meekness. I'm not to follow those things. Paul says, cut them loose, Timothy. Let them go. Follow your dear Savior. And we have such a kind, gentle, loving Savior that would go to the cross and bleed and die for us and secure our eternal salvation uh, without cost to us but at great cost to himself, the cost being his, his very own blood to purchase us, to redeem us. It's a privilege and a joy to have the opportunity to take up the cross and follow him. What does the cross look like? Well, it's righteous, it's godly, it is of faith, it is of love, it is of patience, it is of meekness. And if there are things in your life that are not of those things that don't honor the Savior, please cut those loose. Let's follow him. As dear children, 
in faith, trusting in our precious Lord uh, to bring us home safely. And until that time, we can band together with other believers in trust and in faith and follow after him. May the Lord bless his word today. I hope you all have a good day. And again, Brother Tim, thank you for the invitation. been listening to the march to zion broadcast for more information contact 205-364-1396 or write to the march to zion broadcast p.o box 270 Carrollton, alabama 35447 bethlehem primitive baptist church is located seven miles east of gordo and 10 miles west of northport just off highway 82 on the boyd road near ecola services are each sunday at 10 30 a.m and the second and fourth Wednesday night at 6.30 p.m. Please join us next week for another message of God's sovereign grace.